Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. This is where Jesus heals a centurion's servant, that is, a Roman soldier's servant. This text is paralleled and very similar to Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. We did a devotion on that text in episode 487, which you can go back and listen to. That'll give you a fuller representation of the text. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent with regard to Luke's version of this text. So if you want more of just the meat and potatoes from this text, you might want to go back back to the Matthew parallel episode 487. Let's start in chapter 7 verse 1. After he had finished saying all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him, when the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews asking him to come and heal his servant. This would have been local elders of the Jews in Capernaum who this centurion found and sent to Jesus. Verse 4. And when they came, and when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. So you got these Jewish leaders vouching for this non-Jewish Gentile Roman centurion guy, saying, This isn't just some regular Joe guy, this is an important guy. He even helped us build our synagogue. The reason I'm highlighting that is because we're going to come back to it in a second. Verse 6. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far off from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. So just to give you a quick synopsis of what happened, what impressed Jesus so much was that this centurion was very humble and he acknowledged that just like he can tell the men who are under him to do this or do that and they will, you Jesus can direct my servant to be healed and he will be healed. In other words, the centurion is acknowledging faith in his ability to do supernatural miracles. And maybe you could extrapolate from that that the centurion believes that Jesus is the man of God. That humility and that faith is very impressive to Jesus, unlike anything he has seen from any of the Israelites or people of Israel. So the tangent I want to go on that's related to this text is the concept of worthiness or value. It comes up specifically at least three times in this text. First of all, in verse 2, it mentions that this servant of the centurion who is sick was highly valued by him. You kind of get the impression that if he wasn't highly valued, if he was just your run-of-the-mill guy who was under the centurion's command, kind of like a pawn on a chessboard, he might not have been terribly concerned, but because this guy was highly valued to him, he was pretty desperate to see him be healed, which is what led him to go to Jesus. Then, when the Jewish leaders that the centurion recruited to go to Jesus for him approached Jesus, the Jewish leaders say, hey, this isn't just any Roman. This isn't just any centurion or military guy from Rome. This is a guy who is worthy to have you do this for him. Again, you kind of get the implication that if the guy wasn't impressive, if he didn't help them build the synagogue, 
synagogue, then they would deem him not worthy and they wouldn't vouch for him to Jesus. Then one more time, the centurion says to Jesus as he approaches his house, I'm not worthy to have you come in my house. In other words, you're way beyond where I'm at. You don't even need to come to my house. You just say from afar that my servant should be healed and I know that he'll be healed. So we need to address this idea of worthiness, this idea of entitlement that some people, because of who they are or how connected they are or how good they are, are more entitled to God's favor than others who are not worthy or not entitled to God's favor. And when you understand the truth about the original human condition, and when you understand the truth about who God is, this notion of worthiness, this notion of there being levels of worthiness or levels of value needs to be thrown out the window. Because the fact is, friends, none of us is worthy. Every one of us is opposed to God in our natural condition. Every one of us is stained to our core with sin in our natural condition. That's how we were born into the world. None of us deserves anything that God has given us, whether it be the general grace that every human being experiences on earth because God's just more gracious with us than he needs to be. The fact that 8 billion humans woke up today and breathed air into their lungs. The fact that the sun rose and warmed the earth again and we're not catapulted into this ice age where everyone dies a miserable death. We don't deserve that. No one deserves that. Furthermore, those of us who trust Christ, who have received the specific grace of God in Jesus Christ, namely that we've been given his righteousness by faith. We've had the penalty for our sin mark paid because of what Jesus did on the cross by faith. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. These are all elements of God's specific grace to us. We're not worthy of that either. The person who follows Christ on this planet who has the worst track record of all time is no more worthy or less worthy of that than the best person on earth who trusts Christ. There's that old Wayne's World scene, a movie from back in the 90s. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. That needs to be our mantra because we're not worthy. Yet sometimes this notion of entitlement creeps in, kind of like if I go to church more or if I'm more moral or if I didn't do as many bad things as other people I know, that somehow I'm more worthy to be part of God's family. No, you're not. I'm not. It's only available by faith, not because of anything that we do or are. Here's what Romans says. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What that's saying is even though every one of us is unworthy, God showed his love for us by sending Christ to die for us. That's the essence of the gospel, friends, that we're not worthy, yet God thought it right and good to put together a rescue plan that came in the person of Jesus Christ so that anybody who trusts him could be saved. Isn't that good news? Thanks for tuning in. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit 
from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.